Welcome to Making Comics, a podcast exploring the comics process from two different perspectives. I'm Scott Loss, the creator and artist of The Second Shift and Wanders of Melisanda for the Accidental Aliens. And I'm Keith Foster. I write the comic Kadoja and do some blog things on my blog, KeithRFoster.com. Sweet. We are back at it again. So I did the intro, my friend. So that means you are up. What's the first thing on the hit list for the week? Yeah, so I have... Oh, oh, no. Oh, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm screwing up here. What are you drinking? What am I drinking? What am I drinking? I'm drinking something called... uh, The beer is called... The beer is called Lemur Party. It is a milkshake style double India pale pale ale from Wilmington Brewing Company. It is 8.2% alcohol, so we are we're rocking here. So yeah, it's, it's a nice it's a nice milkshake. It's pretty hoppy for a milkshake, so it's basically like a standard hoppy IPA, but a little smoothed out by the milk, a milkshake and the lactose. Um, so I see that you have something that does not look like a Kirkland Seltzer. So I'm going off brand today. So this is something called a uh, Puff Puff, Puff Puff Give, and it is from Kings Brewing Company. And all over the can, it says Frosé. So I'm very curious what this tastes like. I just popped the top. This is actually a brewing company over in Rancho Cucamonga. Oh. So it's not overly... So it's actually in between you and I. So if you ever had a tickle of your fancy... No, Rancho's way up there. So if if you were driving up the 15 from San Diego... It's roughly uh-huh. equal time for you to either get to my place or to Rancho. Because the Rancho is straight up the 15. Oh. You basically pass right by there on the way to Vegas. Um, for me, you, you you go off, you turn off the 15 about, you know, 15, 20 miles before Rancho. And then it's going to take roughly as long. So, yeah, it's, I, we're, um, we're house-sitting a friend's, my kids are house-sitting a friend's house in Rancho right now. And it's about a 30-minute drive from here. And it's north. It's further away. Oh, okay. Well, this is pretty good. What's it taste? Um, it is very citrusy. Let me let me get another another thing here. Again, let's just crush it with the killer audio right now. Podcast listeners love this part. Yeah, it's very citrusy, but kind of muted at the same time. It almost doesn't even taste like a beer. Mm. It almost just tastes like fizzy juice. Fizzy juice. So okay. Yeah. So this is actually a gift from one of my buddies for my birthday, and he gave me a four pack. Yeah. So when you come down to San Diego on Saturday, uh, I'll have I'll have a can there for you. Yeah, if you want to give it a go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, that sounds good. Yeah, we're gonna record. Okay, well, all the alcohol, uh, yeah, all the alcohol aside. So what do you got for the week? Okay, so I have for for me, I only have I have two bigger comics related things, and then I have a question that I'm gonna pose to you live because you posed a question to me live, and I'm curious to hear your opinion. In fact, your opinion could sway mine on this one. But let's uh, okay, let's do first things first. I pop a freak all the honeys. <laughs> uh, what is it? Something Playboy bunnies? Those wanting money? <laughs> Correct. Dummies. Dummies. Playboy bunnies. Those Dummy. wanting money. Yeah, yeah. Circle gets a square. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I have two things that are both related to Kadoja Volume 3 and the work that I'm doing to get those ready to deliver as PDFs, as trade paperbacks. Um, and as comics for both Kickstarter backers and for uh, Diamond for the comic shops. So um, the first, and and both of them involve hiccups. And and this is the kind of stuff that happens. You know, we've talked about this with Kickstarters. I mean, you put this kind of stuff in your risks and challenges section. And what you hope is that none of these risks and challenges ever come up. But goddammit, some of them always do. 
and they're the one and they're things you never yeah. think of. Uh, to follow up on last week's thing, Lance Pilgrim had reviewed the Kadoja PDF and gotten back to me. And uh, so now all I had to do was some tasks related to that. And he had given me some I, um, some co- um, comments on the cover. And so with the cover, the issue is that the cover I had, I'm going to get very specific here, had both a 215 Inc. logo on it, which is like three building tops that are recognizable from the skyline of Philadelphia with 215 Inc. in it. And then there's almost a, um, I don't think you would call it like a, what do you call yours, the letterbox or corner box? It's not... It's not quite a corner box, but what it is is a black and white box with the issue number in it and a side profile of Kadoja kind of yelling. So we've had that on some of our issues, and I had that on this one. Yeah, I would say that's a corner box. Okay, okay. That sounds accurate. All right, cool. So, So Lance basically said, get rid of the corner box. Sounds easy, right? It wasn't. Because the corner box that I had been given from the cover artist, Danny Schlitz, was a TIFF file. And uh, so I'm like, well, this is the TIFF file. Let me go back into the native file and uh, and see if I can, you know, just just clip this thing out. Well, a couple problems there. He gave me the native file, but he didn't give me the virgin art that ties to it. And it turns out that that file was in good old Adobe Illustrator, which I can't seem to get around. And uh, again, <laughs> lis- listeners will know that I used up my free trial a while ago on that. I got seven free days on it. I used it. And now, like, I've had these other things come up where I'm like, damn, do I have to pay for a month of Adobe Illustrator? Because I really don't want to. It's $32 for a month. Or you can sign a one-year contract and pay $21 a month. But I don't want to pay anything. I figured, like, oh, crap. You know, like, I need some basic things. So what I did was I went back to Danny. And and the thing about Danny is Danny did what what were going to be the first three covers of a four-issue series. So to get, again, to get super granular here, Danny did three pieces of art. For those people that back the Kickstarter and they're getting the comic books, they are going to be the covers to issues one, two, and three. For people that are getting the trade, the diamond version of the trade is the same art as issue one. The Kickstarter exclusive version of the trade is the same art as issue two. Issue three is basically exclusive to people who got comics and um, who are getting the comics. So... I have all these files, but I didn't quite have what I wanted. Now, uh, and Danny, the reason he didn't do number four is because he had a great opportunity come up. I couldn't remember. I can't remember if he worked directly for Marvel or worked for a company that had licensed Marvel. But he was basically mm. doing Marvel character work. Kadoja's turning out to be a pretty nice, uh, like, AAA affiliate for the for the pros, <laughs> which is good. R- Rory's on at Disney, and and Danny, although Danny had his own amazing body of work before, Danny is is working now for, like, a company that's working with Marvel. So I, I hit up Danny. I said, hey, Danny, do you happen to have these, you know, the, the, the virgin art and a couple other things? He's like, absolutely. So perfect. He sent that to me in the same day. I was so happy that he was responsive. And, um, and then, but he sent them to me in Adobe Illustrator. So here we are in Adobe <laughs> Illustrator again. I, I, it's interesting because I had this comment where I said, um, Adobe Illustrator and Photoshop have a cross-platform problem. I think they do in some places, mm-hmm. but what I've learned over the last few weeks is it's not as severe as you would think. Because all I did was, I was like, do I open this up in Illustrator and just pay the one month thing and then just try to do anything else I want to do in Illustrator for this month, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, hell with it. Let me try to open it in Photoshop. I opened it in Photoshop. It converted everything. So I then had the cover that I needed in Photoshop. I plucked the corner box out. 
I was able to drop a uh, Lance's recommendation on where to put volume three, which wasn't on the previous cover on the cover. And I had myself a cover. So um, so it's good nice. to go. There's a preliminary version. Right, yeah. So uh, so I'm good to go on that. And I again, I'm, I've packaged up the PDF and sent it to Mike. And now it's just a matter of me doing a few other things. That's a preliminary PDF. There are a few other things that I need to add between now and when the book goes to print in a few weeks, which are some bonus content that I wanted to do and the page thanking the Kickstarter backers and a few other things. But aside from that, man, the PDF is 95% complete. It's just a little bit of administrative stuff including the cover. So that was my first thing, man. What was yours? I'll, I'll stick on the administrative front of that. So what I've been tackling this week is finishing the PDF for the reprint of issue one of the second shift. So as I talked about uh, in previous episodes for the latest Kickstarter, it was the first time issue one was available for reprint. So uh, one thing that I I was about to send the PDF uh, pages to my buddy Tristan, see if you can make a... Or, the individual revamped pages for one to Tristan so he could create a PDF, I realized that there was back matter in issue one. And so I went to the single issue to see what was there. Really all that's there is the uh, quote unquote letters page, which just has a little something by Ed and a little something by, by me kind of saying like, hey, who we are, our kind of comics journey or whatever and how we got here. Um, and then a preview um, image for the cover to issue two. And then a back cover, which was a preview to Wanderers and Melisanda, interesting enough. So it's like first version. So I was like, okay, um, should I just leave it the same? Should I not? The credits page didn't have any indicia on the bottom as far as like, oh, you know, printed this time, at, you know, this date or whatever, which would have been kind of nice, to be honest with you. But um, um, I've since discovered how, you know, when we did release that, I have it in a, a Excel spreadsheet and everything. So, um, but anyway... So the thing was, do I keep the old indicia and, or uh, excuse me, the old letters page, the, all the extras, or do I create new stuff? Um, and I've come to the conclusion that I am going to make a new letters page, basically, you know, saying, hey, this is what we're doing now. This is the first time this is available, blah, blah, blah. Uh, put different ads in the back. Uh, make it nice. Make it new. And um, so that's that's what I'm doing as far as the lettering on, or the uh, editorial stuff on that goes, and then that'll be ready to go. Uh, let me see if I got a couple of other things that can kind of be uh, added to that. Um, okay, so I could, I could do this one. Um, it, so continuing on with the Kickstarter, uh, I was creating bookmarks to, uh, this week. So that was one of the uh, stretch goals that we hit was a bookmark. So if you backed the Kickstarter exclusive cover and up, you get a free bookmark. And so I had a couple of different images that I wanted to to bounce off a couple of people. Uh, they picked which one they liked. And uh, so that one's ready to go now. And um, a little fun thing that I'm doing with this issue. So since it was based off of a Drawtober issue, I actually updated some of the art from that to the actual book, issue 11. So I wanna create a checklist that has all of the changes. So I have the list down. So it's 12 things that were changed from Drawtober to issue 11. And so I have that list created. I wanna create a, a little little bit of art, kind of make it a little fancy. And then I'm gonna include that in with people's books. So for, for the um, standard edition or pretty much all of the tiers, I said July for the due date. And so I kind of wanna get 
everything in that I can. So we're still in June. We're headed towards the end. I want to get everything, um, just the um, standard edition and the ash cans, I want to get those shipped out by Monday. So I'm going to get those little checklists printed out tomorrow. And um, I've already signed all the ash cans. I've signed all of the issue 11s that I need to. I've packaged them up. Just going to uh, get those little sheets, cut them out, slip them into the package, and uh, get those mailed out to everyone by Monday. Well, that's a lot of stuff. And as you were talking, I realized I actually have a bonus hiccup from a few weeks back that I never even mentioned. But um, mm. sounds like it's time for me to go into hiccup number two. So it turns out I'm going to have a third thing, which is a bit retroactive. But, you know, we're all friends here, right? Yeah. So my, my, <laughs> my second thing is, again, a mild hiccup. But I just, in a way, I just explained the issue uh, with Kadoja issue four. Kadoja issue four in this volume while I was talking about the previous thing. And that is that Danny Schlitz had an opportunity elsewhere. Which left me in the lurch for Kadoja issue four. Now, I've been in the lurch for Kadoja issue four for a while. And I found a cover artist and we agreed on a rate and everything sounded good, right? And then I didn't hear from that person for a very long time. And it turned out mm. that they, I, I just didn't hear from him. And, uh, and then at some point I heard back from him. They're like, sorry, yeah, I can't do the thing. I'm like, okay, well, plan B. Still got plenty of time. So I then proceed to uh, spend a few weeks asking to see if artists want to do it. I can't have any luck. So now I've burned a few more weeks. I'm still nowhere near the deadline here, you know, but um, then what I did is I found, um, I found an artist that I was sort of in negotiation with. And what I wanted to do is I'm not going to give away the look of it because um, <clears throat> it's important. There's a two page spread of a very important moment in issue four that Will Perkins did. And I love the, piece of art there it is amazing and i always felt it would be a good basis for the cover i went back and forth with this artist and uh and i think this was the one yeah this was the artist where we talked about before in so many words where i once they found out it was a double page spread they wanted to charge way more and it's like well a piece of art is a piece of art with different dimensions i'm not sure why this is extra you know and and if i'm wrong well then i guess i'll just right. be wrong here on planet keith and i'll be on my wrong little planet cuz i'm not really going to pay you more you know so so that that uh negotiation fizzled another few weeks have gone by now and i'm still looking for a cover artist so then i remember that you know a year a year and a half ago lance pilgrim had said hey I, you know since i'm going to be transitioning away from kadoja except in a consulting role I've done some research and found a bunch of people who would make excellent cover artists in the style that I've been doing. Um, this is the same oh. list I used. Yeah, this is the same list I used to find Danny Schlitz. He had Danny Schlitz on that list a year, a year and a half ago. So I went back to that list, my Magic Lance list, found three people. I sent emails to all of them. Only one responded, and he was in a great position to do the cover. So I thought, no big deal, right? So he gives me a, a piece of art back, and I, I wasn't super crazy about it. And, uh, and I, I gave him some notes. You know, it, it's, it had potential, but it still needed some work. And then he let me know that, <clears throat> unfortunately, he, he had to go to the hospital for something. And so he was, I, I think oh. it was something that he had planned, like probably some kind of procedure. I'm not sure what the procedure is. He had known about it, but what he had hoped was that he would fit this cover in right before he went into the, into the hospital. And, um, and so then, you know, I, I was like, okay, well, we'll talk when you get out. Uh, I finally got a note from him a few days ago. Actually, I got a note from a friend of his that said, unfortunately, um, 
he's home now he's recovering you know he he's he seems fine unfortunately the recovery is taking way longer than we thought and he's not going to be able to do the cover so now it's you know june 18th and i'm getting nervous i had mentioned before that this is based off a piece from will perkins so i went to will and i said will you know, like I've been looking to do, uh, you know, this this piece based on your cover for all this time. Do you have any bandwidth to do it? And he uh, he responded back. He's like, I do, actually. So oh. Will is now <laughs> going to do the cover to his own piece. So he's going to color it. I, you know, like it, it's going to be a slightly different style than and than what Danny did. But that's OK. Danny's moved on and Will's will. And so he actually he not only got back to me and then worked out timing. This is all in a couple emails. This was all um, either yesterday or the day before. And he, uh, but then he also gave me a quick mock-up based on the colors I suggested. And uh, I love it. it. It looks great. Once we finish talking on this podcast, I'll fire it off to you. And, uh, and you can take a look because I always like sharing that kind of stuff. Unfortunately, I can't, yeah, share it. I can't share it with people online because it's a key reveal from, from the book. And, uh, and so okay. if, and that's going to be the cover, but by the time you get the cover to issue four, you will have already had the PDF in your hands and you know, the, the comics are, and, and you're probably, you know, anybody who gets the comics as part of the Kickstarter also gets either a digital PDF or the trade. So, you know, it's more for just a, a collector's piece to hold on to. So I'm really pleased with that and I'm pleased with the cover and, uh, Wow. What a long road that was. So I think I think we're finally almost home on this. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to cross my fingers a little bit more. But uh, it's funny how, you know, it starts with, with – it started with Will not really having the time to do it. And then it, it came around and waited so much that he did have the time to do it. And then it was just the most straightforward. So the most straightforward answer is the one that I went with. It just took four months to get there. So uh, wild the way that works <laughs> sometimes. But anyway, that was that was my roundabout second thing, man. So uh, so how about you? What was your second thing? I'm still working on this mermaid commission. I think it's getting closer. Um, honestly, an email. It's not there because I just got an email. <laughs> um, basically, what I thought I had was super solid. I did two drafts. I didn't like the first draft at all. I thought I thought the second draft was a home run, and he. He says, definitely keep a draft of this one, liking it overall, and then he goes on to tell me other things that I should do instead. <laughs> Meaning, it's not done, I have to keep going. Um, I really want to get this done. I have a couple of more commissions pending, so but this is the freedom that I give this commissioner. Um, you know when we do these at home projects, so it lets allows me to pay or have him pay me a little bit more of a premium. Because like when you when you take a commission on at a show, you get the time allotted for that show. So if it's a four day show, you basically have and, and your the commissioner is going to be there on day four. Hey, you have I'm going to get you that commission within four days. So what I get you is what I get yes. you. And yes. um, so but when you do these take home commissions, um, uh, well, at least for me, I allow a little bit more play. It's like, hey, I'll give you I'll give you the chance to, you know. Put your 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 two cents in on the layout, composition, and everything. So I'll shoot him over some loose stuff, and um, usually he'll pick pick one, and I'll go from there. So I shot him two, and I thought he liked the same one I did. So I just kept working on it. Uh, unfortunately, it looks like he wants me to change where the characters are located inside of this particular shot. So I detailed the background pretty well, 
Um, but it looks like he wants me to move the characters around, so um, I guess I'll just keep plugging away. But hey, the good thing about Procreate on the iPad is it keeps track of how long I'm doing the commission. And so for him, since when they when they become longer projects, I do it by time. You know, it's just like mm-hmm. it's a very reasonable rate per hour, but it's like a solid rate. It's a solid rate for both of us. And um, so I don't mind doing this, but at the same time, I would like to knock it out and get to some other stuff that I have pending. Hey, he's the client and and you get to go back and, and do some stuff and keep that as a background and, and roll on, right? Yeah. And uh, with with him, um, if I make some changes, I try something else out, uh, there is a good chance that I'll go, you know what, I actually do like the other design better, let's go with that one. And that's okay with me, you know, because the other the other design, it's laid out. So if that's what he wants to go with, it's it's already there. Um, when I lay this new one out, um, he wants to go with that, we can do that too. Yeah, so man. I'm, you know, I'm not married to the, the project, you know, it's his, it's his vision of what he wants, so it's all good totally. with me. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's all good. Um, but yeah. Hopefully, yeah. It, hopefully the next draft is the one he digs so I can really move forward because I have, yes. like, this book cover uh, pending. It's like a novel book cover. I think it's like a, a little noir situation, so I want to get started on that. And then um, I have my my monthly uh, wrestling-related art that I have. Yeah, you oh, wait, wait a fucking minute. Don't you dare leave it at that. Your oh, monthly yeah. res- wrestling-related art is of what wrestler? Well, the the last one I did was actually of me. Pro Wrestling Loot, they started doing local guys. And I had just offhand mentioned, hey, if you ever did want to do a toy of me, that would be all right. And he goes, oh, are you serious? And I was like, yeah, I'm serious. Like, of course I'd want a toy of myself. And uh, he goes, dude, I'll totally do a toy of you. And I was like, no way. He goes, Yeah. And I was like, dude, you should have asked me sooner. I would have, I would have done it a long time ago. Yeah. And so, if if this toy was not the most detailed toy I had ever drawn, like in this format, so it's kind of like a cartoony, um, like it's not chibi because it's not giant heads, but the head is is, is a good size. But um, if you go yeah. on my Instagram, you'll see it there. Um, at Scott Lost, you'll see the designs there. And, uh, but if you check out the shoes, you zoom in on the shoes, I put all these details. I'm essentially wearing black and blue versions of uh, the Kobe Bruce Lee's. Yeah. So, nice. unfortunately, the company could not do it. Yeah. And so they simplified the shoe. But uh, I put every detail I could into that design. Sure, sure. No, there are obvious reasons where they're, why their toy can't be wearing Nikes. So uh, so it makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. But, uh, yeah, that that's fucking cool. When I saw that yesterday, I, you know, I lost my shit. I was just like, wait a minute, you you're getting commissioned to do a toy of yourself, <laughs> like that's yeah, dude, that's like vertically integrated supply chain right there. Like I'm all of it. I'm just everything, you know. So uh, so anyway, yeah, but, yeah, that that's that's really cool. That's really cool. So I'm gonna do a, a quick bonus. Oh, thing, thanks, man. Which is a which is a goofy thing that that ties back a few weeks ago. And again, I I don't know. I hope this is interesting audio because it, it's just more to the the shit goes shit can go wrong where you don't expect it you know and so what we've seen so far in these first two things i've talked about is these are things that went wrong that i had no idea would go wrong you know and and that's the way it works sometimes this this upcoming thing is another thing that i had no idea which would that would go wrong which was um part of the kadoja volume three kickstarter was an exclusive action figure it was exclusive in that it's the it's an in-action figure. It's just a Kadoja 3D printed um, model. 
And it's, you know, six and a half, seven inches high. It's meant to be the same scale as a lot of the NECA toys, um, a lot of the, the Godzilla toys that people can buy. So it, it, it fits in very nicely with those in terms of scale. And it, the exclusive part is that it's an exclusive color of red. And, uh, and so I will never do a red figure again. We do have a few extras. But uh, once these reds are gone, they're just gone. And I got, I got my second shipment of figures. So what I had done was I had commissioned one whole, like basically one spool's worth of figures, which is about five, six figures, before the Kickstarter even started. Because I, I was gambling on basically selling one. And if you sell one, you got to just use the whole spool anyway. Plus, I needed photos. I needed an actual reference of the figure to show in the Kickstarter. So um, so what happened was once the Kickstarter was all said and done, I think the total figure count was maybe eight or nine, something like that, like a pretty good number. So I needed to do a second spool. So we do that. And, uh, and the, it, you know, the person that I got to do it is a, is a, is a friend. But he's also someone who is looking to kind of turn this into more of a business than it is. Right now, it's kind of a, a very, very, very strong hobby. But he's hoping to, t- to make more of it going forward. So I get the figures. And they all have flaws. Uh, I'll kind of, I'll describe it as I'm talking. But there's kind of like this area on, on one of the sides of the chest where it looks like it's scuffed. And then there's an area mm. under the chin where it looks like it's scuffed. And then the so like let's just say the left side of the chest, the chin, and the right knee, and then one of the hands, because of the way that the 3D rendering came out, had been a problem for a long time. Um, and you know we'd fought through it, and we'd had a lot of great figures as a result. But these were just like not acceptable. You know, like like they were they were flawed, and. I would just have a very hard time passing those on to people who pledge to Kickstarter. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's a certain degree of flaw that I think is acceptable. And there's a certain degree of flaw where it kind of pushes the needle into the red and you don't want to do that. So I let him know that the, I was kind of disappointed in the output of these figures. And uh, I just, I just kind of left it open and said I was disappointed. And uh, he came right back in like five minutes and was like, yeah, I was, I was kind of concerned about that. Um, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to I'm going to tweak my printer settings. I'm going to buy a new spool on my own and I'm going to just do the whole batch for free and send it to you. And I'm like, OK, right on. Yeah, that's good customer service right there. Yeah, that's amazing customer service, amazing customer service. And uh, and if anybody on the podcast who's listening wants the person's name, I will happily give them to you offline. Um, I think he's always looking for some business. And if you have a cool 3D rendering, well, then he can probably print it for you. And the cool thing about 3D renderings is there's a lot of, if you really start to get into these 3D renderings, there's free 3D renderings of like incredible things. You know, I have this Galactus 3D rendering over here that I paid for that uh, is super cool. And it's a file that you, you can just download right now. You know, it's not a proprietary mm. file. People just down, make it for, for everybody to use. So it's a really cool That's little cool. little niche market out there for those that are interested. But anyway, so I, I then get the figures. And uh, God, they're much better. They're, they're, they're good. You know, they uh, one of them or two maybe has a little flaw, but I only needed like two of that batch anyway. Um, more importantly, more importantly, um, my youngest was here when I opened the box. And not only had the guy sent me the red figures, the batch of five or whatever it was, but he had done a test figure to make sure it was okay. And he did the test figure in, let's just go with like obsidian. It's all black. God damn, it looked awesome. It looked awesome. So the nice little silver lining about this is that 
I now know what my next colorway of the Kadoja figure is going to be. I'm surprised that you don't have that in your uh, home office right now. Oh, I know. Oh, I should. I, maybe, maybe I'll bust it out next time, um, or I'll, or I'll bust it on the Instagram when this thing comes out. That's what I'll do. I'll throw it on my Instagram. Um, oh, there you go. When it, when this episode releases, so that people can take a look at it, because it's a one-off, and it'll probably be a future figure. And I, I, you know, we never really got to talk about this, obviously. But generally, my idea with Kadoja figures is, I, I just like doing a limited run of a color and then moving on to the next color. And at some point on the Kadoja site, I'm going to list all the colors in order on what the limited batches were. Because I basically did a light gray, which is standard Kadoja, a dark gray. I've done a cool, like, lime yellow variant. And I've now done the red variant. Oh, and I've done a glow in the dark as well. And so all those are cool in their own way. And I just think it's fun to keep on moving. And it's like, once that sells out, it's just gone. And I'm moving on to the next color, you know? So, uh, So anyway... I'm super excited because the not only did I get some quality figures, but I have the silver lining of absolutely knowing what my next color is going to be. And it, I had no idea black was going to come out that cool, man. It looks really cool. So I'm stoked, and uh, hopefully people will be stoked when they get their red figures, um, those of them that, that back the Kickstarter, or those of you that back the Kickstarter and got a figure, if you're listening right now. That's awesome, man. Um, yeah, I had, I had someone do, I commissioned this one guy to do a pop version of one of my characters of a uh, light shower. He's the leader of the second shift and it came out good, uh, like the 3d rendering. But every time I've had someone print it, you just see those waves like all over it. And it's just like, I mean, that's how it prints, you know, that's 3d printing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so I have, and I found a guy and so he printed me off about six of them, but they all have those waves. And so I just don't know what to do with them. So I kind of just have these 3D rendered figures um, that I have nothing to do with. But um, I even had yeah. him do second shift stands with them. It's kind of cool. I was like, hey, can you put a hole in his in his foot um, and create those stands? So kind of mm-hmm. like G.I. Joe's where you could just yeah. put them in that little peg. Um, so they all come with their little stands. So maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'll do a Kickstarter. I'll throw those on there if people, you know, want to grab those or what. Um, but yeah, those, those are always fun. Have, what what color are they? What color are the 3D figures you got? Um, so they're this this dark gray color. Oh, where's my camera? Yeah. Here it is. Oh. Oh, you have something more than that, though. I think I think that printing didn't come out right. Because there's, like there's like a ripple effect on the face or something like that. Yeah, it's just like super wavy. Yeah, all yeah. The waves. I'm, not, I'm not used to things being that wavy. Yeah. Um, I, so, wish, I um, wish I had one of my and I And here. I'll post a... I'll post a picture of this too on on the site. So when you guys hear this, or on not the site, on my Instagram, on my stories. So when this episode drops um, uh, on Monday and Tuesday, it should be on my story. So yeah. if you listen to this after Monday and Tuesday, it'll be gone. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and so I think number one, there might be an issue with that printing process. You know, it, it, I think there is a way to get that probably cleaner through another printer, but maybe I'm wrong. And the other thing is certain colors definitely work better. And that's what... That's what blew my mind about the all black is that I thought all black would look terrible, but it turns out it actually looks great, you know, and because of the of the weird spirally shiny ribbon aspect of 3D printing, the black almost like shimmers. You know what I mean? Like that's what's mm. cool about it. It's kind of like the shimmering oily black and everything that's generally flawed about 3D printing actually works to the advantage of the figure here. 
Now, please, I, I'm not oh. expecting you to like, you know, experience the rapture when you see this figure. I'm just saying that it looks pretty cool. It's still 3D printed, and that's a thing that you get with 3D printed. You get that shininess, you get that that layered coiling that you're always going to get with 3D printing because it's just a spool. And yeah. all they're doing is they're just printing stuff using a spool of plastic fiber. But uh, but yeah, that said, uh, I think it looks really cool. So anyway, so people will get to choose for themselves or judge for themselves once I put the photo up when this episode comes out. Okay, so the last thing I got, um, still no word on the Kickstarter exclusive cover. Um, and I have until the end of July to get those to people. So I'm hoping, pray to God, I get get these things in uh, by the beginning of July, you know, get the cover in by the beginning of July. I can shoot it off to my printer. He's very fast. Uh, I, I think he shipped my books out two days ago and they showed up today. So um, he's over in Arizona, so it doesn't take an overabundance of time for me to get them. Yeah. So yeah, the PDF is done. All I need is that, that cover, have my colorist bang it out as fast as possible. He is also wicked fast. So hopefully all schedules align. My printer doesn't have anything else pending, and then uh, get this thing done. So, uh, but that's it, man. That's all. That's all the stuff I got uh, going on. Okay, so it's it's time for me to actually pose a question to you. All right, let's do it. Here is here is. Uh, it's not really a conundrum. It's it's whatever a softer version of a conundrum is. So, as I mentioned on a previous podcast, I made some changes to not only what is like when I say the chapters of Kadoja volume three, I'm actually chapter and issue are interchangeable. So I have four issues of Kadoja volume three. I have four chapters of Kadoja volume three. And that's because it's sort of issue based and sort of not, you know what I mean? Like I'm printing up a very limited run of issues for this comic and that's going to go to Kickstarters. I'm, I mean, I have a print minimum. So, uh, you know, there, I, I think I have to print 25 copies no matter what. And then I may print extra. I may not. I may keep it at shows. I may not. I mean, the trade is what people are interested in. So I'm not sure why I need to print any more than whatever the minimum is. So, um, so when I'm when I'm looking at this, I've already printed issue one, the old version. I have since made changes to issue one and other issues. But the difference is, issue two, three, and four never came out. So the versions of issue two, three, and four that I'm going to print are going to be absolutely identical to what people see in the trade. However, I, in my, in my garage downstairs, I have a little less than 100 copies of Kadoja volume three, number one, the, the Emerald City 2020 convention edition. Now it's not called that. It's called okay. the convention edition because I never I never make my convention editions specific to one convention. But astute listeners out there will know that Emerald City 2020 never happened because I printed that mm. up to be ready for a show that was the beginning of coronavirus for all of us and the lifestyle that we've been leading for the last 16 months. So I have a couple options here. I can either, and it's funny, right? Because this is really the flip side of something that I've said before. But, uh, and, and that's why, you know, look, there's, there's kind of two Keiths in the world, right? There's, there's pure Keith, and then there's Keith influenced by Scott's wisdom Keith. And that's really the two <laughs> Keiths that are in conflict here. Because on one hand, I have copies of issue one that already exist. They have some things that I changed. So anybody who is getting the comics to this Kickstarter, 
or anybody who theoretically would buy that issue one in the future and then bought the trade would know that there are differences. So my question to you is, do I let it ride with the copies that I have of issue one and send them to Kickstarter backers and or just put them out at conventions and let them be a nice jumping on point? Or do I throw them in the dumpster and do I print up 25 fresh copies of Kadoja issue one and have those be the only copies that are out there? What do you think? Okay. Uh, you said you have roughly around 100 of those? A little shy. Yeah, I mean, I, I again, there was no convention, and I've sold a few online since. So, yeah, it's 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 a number, you know, a little shy of 100. Okay. Um, how big are the changes that you made in, in that issue? The lettering is different. The lettering is actually different. It is, so the lettering and the balloons are different. The lettering is not italicized. And the balloons are kind of a, you know, I, I've talked about this previously. Eric Grissom's style was to have kind of the rounder balloon. Rory Smith's style was to have a tighter balloon with more funky shapes to it that really kind of surrounded the lettering. So the version of issue one that I have right now is more in line with Rory Smith's lettering style. The version that's going to be in the trade is in line with Eric Grissom's lettering style. Rounder balloons little more white space around everywhere and um, and non-italicized text. That is what the extant version that's going to live forever, that I hope lives forever, although everything lives forever, I guess, is, is that's the version three, that's the final version of three. There are also some panels that I've changed, um, but not a lot of them. So th- I think that's about the sum total of changes. There may be some minor dialogue changes and clarity changes, but most of the dialogue changes I did are, are um, like downstream of that in issues two, three, and four, where there is nothing out there right now. So I'm kind of free to play in my sandbox as much as I want. I would let it ride for sure. Um, the beauty of this is you get the multiple versions, especially if you're a fan. Um, and you and we've talked about this, uh, like just having two different versions of the same thing can be really cool for fans. Or it can be like shit, like if it's music, you're just like, why'd you do that? But I think for comics, it's super interesting. Like I like to see the changes that creators make because if you do have that original version, so whoever gets this issue one, they can see what your initial intent was. And if they decide, or it, uh, the the tier that gets these single issues, are they clear? Are they only single issues, or do you also get the trade? You you ha- the the issues were always an add on to either the physical or the digital trade. So no matter what, you're getting a trade. It's either digital or physical. So either you're gonna get a package full of books or you will have gotten or you will have received already the digital PDF and you're just tacking on the, the issues. And I think every person that tacked on the issues is getting a physical copy. Yeah, so that's just fun. That's fun for them. You could put that in an update too. Hey. Just a fun little thing for you guys to check out. If you got physical single issues as well as a physical trade, check those. Check out issue one and check out the issue one in the in the trade and check out the differences. It's just something fun and uh, say, hey, how many how many differences can you guys spot in the panels? Yeah, and that's so that's like another fun inter- interactive thing that you can do with uh, your backers. Cool, I dig it. I dig it. That's that's the way I was leaning, but I wanted to be sure. And, uh, and I appreciate the input, man. I mean, again, I told you that you had power to kind of sway my opinion on this because I was very much on the fence. And, and what you're saying is interesting because it reminds me of something that even though I don't make movies, 
uh, nor do I have any interest in making movies. I have always felt that if you want to make movies, one of the greatest things you can do is get the DVD version of a movie you like with as many extras as possible. Because once they start throwing extras on, you get like director's notes, you get storyboards, you get unfinished scenes, you get raw scenes that were sort of scripted and filmed, but are sloppy. And that, the, you know, they never finish, so they don't make the final cut, but they decided to make them an extra on the DVD. And if you put all those things together, what you're able to do is get great insight into what it takes to make a movie. No matter what movie it is, you know, you can have a budget of of $1,000 or $0, and you're still going to get insight on what it's like to make a movie. And what I think is cool about this is, to your point, you know, to answer my own question from a few episodes back, people are going to get to look at panels and go, oh, Keith thought that that needed a change. I wonder why. You know, mm-hmm. and then it becomes, okay, well, let's talk about it. You know, so I I, uh, I, think that, to your point, I think that sort of dialogue is interesting. And it's always fun to kind of get a little insight into making that comic. And, uh, you know, the kind of people that are listening to this podcast are probably going to be interested in that. Yeah, definitely. And plus you save money. You don't have to reprint issues that you already have. So I'm a big fan of saving money. I am also a big fan of saving money. Yes, big fan, big fan. Um, did we want to talk about the listener question? Uh, so I got a question from Nolan Rose. So one thing I'd love to hear about on the pod is juggling multiple projects, especially personal projects. I feel like working on only one one has killed my desire to work on it several times, but at the same time, I've struggled to get started on a second. Uh, not only with art, but finding another story that is compelling to me. All right, Nolan, thank you so much for the question. Yeah, Nolan, uh, This is a you. great question. And uh, honestly, this is some very same thing I've struggled with before in the past. That's actually why Wanderers of Melisande got started in the first place. Um, so when I started Second Shift, I had just finished a 10-year career as a pro wrestler, and I hadn't drawn. And so I started in on a book that was in a city. So it was very tedious background work, whereas, you know, when you haven't drawn in that long, it, it, it can be very time-consuming. It's a, It numbs the brain. It's just not fun. You know, if you if you enjoy backgrounds, more power to you. I That is not me. Um, I can do them now way quicker than I could before. It doesn't mean I enjoy doing them, but I can do them. And I do do them. It's very important for me as a storyteller. You need to convey where your characters are in a story, a place, all of those things. Um but my second project, Wanders of Melisande, it takes place in a made-up world. The whole world is make-believe, so I can construct the buildings any way I want to. A lot of the buildings in this world, there is not a straight line. It's all hand-drawn. Um, I do not use a ruler for anything in Wanders of Melisande, and um, I love it. I love that because I need to use rulers and guides and uh, you know perspective on so many things in second shift that sometimes your brain just needs a break from it. And so Wanderers is a perfect break for me. It's uh, you know, a lot of just natural, natural shapes, natural movement. Um, and uh, it's just completely different. So my advice to you is whatever your project is that you're working on, try to do something that is pretty close to opposite. Um, it's just refreshing and uh, it, it helps your brain out and it works a different part of your brain, your artistic brain. 
Yeah, I mean, and, and in fairness, we had talked about this before, and I felt that you were the person, you were kind of the bigger authority to talk about this particular thing. But um, but the way that I interpreted Nolan's question in, a, in, in some ways is, what do you do about block? What do you do about like a writer's block? You know what I mean? And, and what we have here is a question from someone who has one project and doesn't have other projects that they, that they can kind of hop around to. The way I get around writer's block is I move to something else. And, and you know, I think there's, there's a note in there about being personal projects. It's like all my projects are personal projects. So what we're talking about is bouncing back and forth to like one baby to another. Fortunately, I've set up a structure where if I get a little too jacked on one idea, I just move to the next idea. You know, I have three comics that I work on in some capacity. I have one novel that I work on every day and I have two music projects and could always just do something on my own. I mean, I have a death metal project that I don't really talk about much. Actually, I'm going to talk about it right now. It's called Casket Master. Then there's also Big Pimp Jones, which is the thing that I did for many, many years, which in a lot of ways led to Kadoja. And now I've kind of moved into the next phase of writing, writing comics, etc. So for me, I've set, a, uh, set up a nice structure here where I can continue to just bounce from one thing to another. But let's say that I was back at that first project, like where, where Nolan is, right? How do you get that second project? How do you think of that second project? You know, how do you get stymied around the second project? You know, if you have creative block and you only have one project, what the hell do you do? I would say, depending on what you're doing, uh, Nolan, in this project, if you are a lot if you were a lot of the um, creative force behind it, so let's say you're the artist, you're the letterer, you're doing flats, maybe you're doing the coloring, maybe you're doing the writing. If you're having a block on one aspect of it, switch projects or switch switch tasks. And that's something I've always done. It's kind of the slack method in the sense where one day if I don't feel like drawing characters and I feel like working on backgrounds, I work on backgrounds. But it's not limited to just that. Some days I don't feel like doing characters or backgrounds or all that's left is backgrounds, but I need to do the flats. So I'll switch to flats. So there's a constant progression. You're constantly moving forward on your one project. So if that's the only thing you have and you have multiple hats to wear in that project, uh, make sure make sure you're you're just switching it up you know go from one thing to another and uh, you'll keep it moving your project will move forward wanders wanders was just something i had thought of something that would be interesting like i've always had these adventures with my goddaughter uh, when she was very young and that's initially when i thought of it i'd be like it'd be kind of cool i was really into avatar and i'd be it'd be kind of cool to do an adventure with my goddaughter in that avatar style world but I want to create my own world, but just something with that similar feeling. And then so that's when I came up with Wanderers. It's just like, okay, well, what do the costumes look like? What is she wearing? What am I wearing? And uh, it became its own thing and it came to life. And then just over the years, it grew and it changed and evolved. So you need to find something that you will actually care about. These two projects that I'm doing, they've been like, Second Shift is a book that I created in the seventh grade and I've wanted to see these characters come to life um, pretty much my whole life. So that's why I'm doing it. And then Wanderers came together like I just told you. So you need to think of something that would excite you to do. And that's that's the most important thing about a project. If you're working on a book that you're not excited about, that's probably not a book you should be working on. I'm going to go even one step further than that. And I'm going to say, what if, what if Nolan takes your advice 
and and tries to think of something and still somehow can't right because i think we're trying to kind of present a layered approach to this and so i can think of so let's just say that you have writer's block or your creative block on your one project and you're struggling to even figure out what a good second project would be i think there are two ways you can go here to kind of fuel your brain number one make sure you're reading you know um again we we talk about this read every day read whatever you want to read you know you'd you'd be surprised and and I'm assuming that everybody out there is reading every day, but if not, you know, consider consider making it part of your regimen because you would be amazed at how many things that you listen to and you think like, "Ooh, that's a cool idea." And then what you do is you keep like a thought journal in your head, right? Keep like, oh, it's called a swipe file. Keep a swipe file. Here's this idea. I'd like to do my version of it. I mean, the part where you'd like to do your version of it is is kind of understood. Because obviously you're not just going to tell the story that they told before. But let's just say you hear something cool. You know, I heard an interesting anecdote in the in the prologue of a book that I just started today. Nothing may become of it, but I'm going to write it down. I'm going to be like, what, what would be my take on this? What would I do with this? I actually adopted your regimen of reading. You read two books every morning with your coffee. So I was like, you know what? That's that's a good practice. I may not have time to do two a day, but I'm definitely going to do one a day. So that has been something that I've adopted over the last week. So every every day I've read at least one book. It, it, it's good for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, you're going to stay up on current comics, so if that's what you're reading, you know. And even you can get great ideas from old stuff too. You know, it's just like, wow, that's that was a really cool idea that nothing came of and they just kind of moved on from it you can really mine certain ideas you know it's just like we only find them when they're dead it's just kind of like a it's almost a it's almost an extension to uh nowhere you know a celestial head that there's a city that people live in you know what i mean it's just like well we only find them when they're dead it's just like them finding them when they're dead and then harvesting the body so it's just an extension of that you know and uh, I think that's kind of similar to what you're talking about. It's just like, oh, you know, you see something on TV and you go, yeah, but what if you did this? Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, shit, that would be a super cool story. Exactly. What is what is my take on whatever this thing is? Again, that's that's the key part. What is your take? But then the other thing is, and again, this is a, a, a base we've we've touched on a little bit before, maybe be open to collaborating. Maybe if, you know, if, if that's something where, where you're just completely stymied for ideas, there are plenty of other people that have ideas out there. So if you're a writer, try to find an artist. If you're an artist, try to find a writer. And again, I would say that if you're an artist and you're looking for a writer, that's probably a bit easier because writers are lining up to tell you their ideas. You know, like I think artists do have a little bit of an imbalance of power. So if you're doing art out there, I think your situation is is a little stronger than if you're a writer out there that's looking for an artist. But if you're a writer out there that's looking for an artist, then be more open to collaborating on your idea. Yeah, I was going to say that's a great idea. And you can also... Uh, bounce your project off of a writer and that's happened what happened with me and ed ed wanted me to work on his stories but i was so wrapped up in mine but then i discovered i'm not a writer so you know talking to ed you know we were able to come up with a bunch of different stuff like there's villains that we, we have now that i didn't think of you know or like came about from us talking so when you collaborate with someone it can be also, like, if you have this project that you've been trying to do and you can't figure it out, fresh eyes. Fresh eyes never hurt. Um, they might bring a perspective that you didn't think about. 
and uh, it can just, you know, a million synopsis can go off in your head and you could just be inspired to do the next book or, you know, and they could come up with something that's great and you're uh, reinvigorated on your project and you can uh, move forward. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So, man, I, I, I like to think that that was a pretty goddamn thorough answer. Oh, and then did you, you said you had one more thing to throw at me at the end or it was, was a, that it, It's a air? stupid thing. It's a stupid thing. Oh, yeah, fuck it. I like stupid things. Go ahead. I was looking through my comic once and I was just curious, like, are there any once out here? So as I was compiling my comic once, I came across a book that you know about, which we've talked about and which I bought a few of in a shop uh, in SoCal Comics about a month ago, Stray Bullets. Oh, yes. I looked at my Stray Bullets and I'm like, ah, let me just transform. You know, I don't have that many issues. Let me just kind of put my wants here, you know, re revamp it a little bit and kind of update the few comics I've gotten. And I was like, you know, Stray Bullets is the kind of comic where I think I think that I've hit all of the dollar book points that I'm ever going to hit. You know, like there are certain books where if you hold out for the dollar books, I think that's a pretty smart play. And there are certain books where they're not going to show up in any dollar bin. I think your books, Invincible and Savage Dragon, are two great examples of that. Any books that you were going to get for a dollar, you got a long time ago. So at some point, you're going to actually have to pay something close to market rate for it or try to get a deal on it. And so I was thinking about that with Stray Bullets. I'm like, all right, well, let me let me look on eBay and see if there's any Stray Bullets lots. I found this lot. Very fine is is the condition, supposedly. And, and you know, for all I know, there's probably some near mints in there, but it's smart to grade the lot at very fine. It is issues 1 through 32, and then some stray issues, no pun intended, up to 41. So it's basically the entire book run for... Something, oh. something. It was, it was going for forty nine ninety nine for basically like thirty five comics, and so oh. I, and so I favorited it, favorited it, and I was like, dude, I think I'll just grab this when I get home. You know, like let me think on it. I always like doing that and not being impulsive. So um, I'm doing that, and then I go back to doing something else, and then I happen to check my email an hour later, and it says, hey, the seller's offering you offering you a twenty percent discount. Oh. And I was like, how about I get it right now? <laughs> so uh, we're basically talking about like something like 35 comics for what amounted to something like $37 plus shipping plus tax. So I it sold. So, Hell yeah. So I'm, I'm really stoked on that because Stray Bullets was something that I not only loved, but I promoted to other comic book stores when I was a sales rep back in my 20s. Why I got rid of it, who knows? Because Keith gets rid of everything. That's what he does. But, uh, but I'm, <laughs> I'm coming back to this. And it's nice to know that I at least don't have to pay a lot of money to compensate for my egregious fuck up like I would have to for a lot of my other things. So, uh, so yeah, man, we're in, we're in a good spot and I got a great deal on Stray Bullets and I'm, I'm really excited about it. You, you essentially paid almost about a dollar an issue because if you think about the tax that you would have had to have paid on those dollar issues, it probably would have equaled that. So that's great, man. Exactly. That's that's freaking great. I actually thought the story was going the other way. I thought you were gonna tell me you favorited it. And then when you got home and you checked your email, <laughs> you got that notification that says this item is no longer available. Yeah. So I thought you were about to get scooped for it. So I'm glad yeah. I'm glad you got it. Nope, I did the scooping. Somebody else out there is probably making their podcast and they're like, God damn it, I wanted to get those things and then by the time I got home they were gone. Yeah, that's because I bought them. So anyway, so good good <laughs> stuff. Good stuff, man. Yeah, that's awesome, man. You can find me on Instagram at Keith underscore decibel. Um, you can find all kinds of cool stuff that I'm doing, maybe some records I'm listening to, maybe a place that I'm going. 
And then you can also check out at Kadoja Kaiju. That is no spaces, um, all lowercase, although it probably doesn't matter. And that is all things Kadoja. And that one I'm posting all, you know, every other day on, maybe a little bit more there. So those are my two handles on Instagram. Please find me there. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Scott Lost, S-C-O-T-T-L-O-S-T. And uh, Facebook.com forward slash Scott Lost. Oh, before we go forward to the websites, don't forget you can email us at makingcomicspodcast at gmail.com. If you thought we had some interesting takes or didn't like our takes or want to hear other things for us to talk about, give us some information or some ideas. I don't know. Give us all of those things over there, please. Yeah, man. And, And again, as always, you can hit us up in many different ways. Uh, most of our correspondence, in fact, comes through places that are not the Making Comics podcast at Gmail. So we're well, we're lo- we'd love to hear from you, no matter what. And hey, since we're here, if if you like the podcast and haven't given us a review yet, and want to give us a really killer review, please do that. You know, f- take a moment, throw us throw us a nice review, and uh, and spread the word. That would always be cool, right? Um, no no pressure, but uh, but yeah, man. If you have the time and you wanna you wanna show some love we would appreciate that the more reviews we get and the star ratings that we get it brings more attention to the podcast so more people will find out about it yay, yay. so keitharfoster.com is the website i have there are blog posts when i can get to them obviously um, i'm trying to keep busy with all my creative stuff and trying to do some updates there there is a kadoja store where you can catch up on all your kadoja needs and buy some great things there as well and you can find my books at accidentalaliens.com second shift the tale of minimum wage workers during the day and superheroes at night and wanders of Milisanda, anthropomorphic dinosaurs versus humans uh, a thousand years in the future we start colonizing other planets we come across the planet Milisanda where the meteor never hits, so the dinosaurs of that world survived and evolved. So two dominant species trying to coexist on one planet. Does that work? Spoiler alert, it never works. So you can get those books at accidentalaliens.com. Yeah, man. I've definitely queued up the music by now. Nobody can stop me. You can't stop me. You couldn't stop me this time. <laughs> so the music's firing can't up. Can't stop. Won't and stop. we are mm-hmm. rolling out. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're out. We're out. I will catch you next week, man. All right, man. Yeah, yeah.